Welcome to Anil Arana Live. Recorded live during his missions around the world, these podcasts feature audio sermons and reflections from internationally renowned preacher and retreat leader Anil Arana. For more audio podcasts, video sermons, and articles, please visit www.hsiweb.org or www.anilarana.com. Many of you have been coming for a long time. I know because I see your faces, and I've been seeing them for a long time. Many of you hear the word, even if not from me, you hear the word of God from other sources. Many of you are stirred to the depths of your being by what you hear. But I have to ask a question. Are you really changing? Are you really turning into these people that God wants you to be? Or is all this just superficial? Is it something that just kind of touches you, maybe powerfully, but then bounces off and rolls away? And today what I want to do is to kind of invite you to introspect a little bit, even as you hear the word. Because for me, I want to see growth. I want to see you people become giants in the faith. I want to see you people eat solid food and not still drink milk. Like Paul said about the Corinthians, I think. He said, why am I still feeding you milk when by now you should be eating real food? So we're going to talk about things and they might disturb you, but that is okay. Because like Sister Sharon said when she started, God says he wants to bring you comfort. I want to bring you comfort. I know you want comfort. So you will have comfort before the evening is over. But first, I want to shake you and rattle you a little bit. Do I have your permission? I'll do it in a nice way, I promise. Or maybe not. You can never tell with me. Uh, The newcomers here are very lucky, by the way. The old Anil used to shout a lot. Yeah, this new Anil kind of shouts, but he smiles when he shouts, so people don't realize he's shouting till much later. Okay? So, I have your permission, right? All right, thank you. Jesus came that we might have life and life in abundance. Okay, actually, I'm going to teach you scripture before I begin. Say John 10.10. 10. Uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, come that they might have life and life in abundance. You want to do it again? Say John 10.10. The thief comes kill and destroy. But I come that they might have life and life in abundance. Which means what? Full, complete, happy, joyful, prosperous life. And unfortunately we don't, right? And today, the subject of my talk is to take you to these riches of abundant life. Moving from the rags that many of us still wear. Now, these are acronyms, by the way. R-A-G-S stands for something and riches, R-I-C-H-E-S, stands for something. Okay, let's begin with the rags first. R for resentment. Say R for resentment. I'm going to explain this in a way that all of you understand. Have you ever gone to a party? Please say yes. yes. 
Have you been kind of laughing and smiling and joking and being happy? Please say yes. Otherwise, stop going for parties. And then all of a sudden, some idiot in the party opens his mouth and talks about someone who hurt you a few years ago. All this while you have been in hand. All of a sudden, the moment this person's name is mentioned, that he starts to. That heart that was kind of leaping starts to. Like, have you seen a balloon? Yeah, a balloon's full of air, and suddenly you kind of untie it, and it's gone. And, and you're like a, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? So now you know what, you, what I'm talking about? Resentment. And this is not about someone who's hurt you recently. This is about people who sometimes hurt you years and years ago. And someone starts talking about them, and everything changes. Now, I know what I'm talking about because the same thing has happened to me hundreds of times. Forget about tens or twenties, hundreds of times, maybe even thousands of times. And is there anyone over here who tell me it's not happened to you thousands of times? It has, all the time. But there are some people, they can really get you not only like a balloon, whoosh, something else starts to fill that balloon. And you know what it is? I want to go and choke the person. Brother, I told you not to sit in the front row. Never mind, I'm not going to choke anybody here tonight. You want to you wanna hurt the person. And because of that, you will say nasty things. You will say mean things. And I want you to think about your life just in the past week. Forget about before that. Okay, just the past week. Has this happened to you even once? And what have you said? And what have you done? What has the devil done? We just, maybe, one word. The name of somebody who has caused you pain. The devil has stolen away your joy, your happiness. He has killed you. He has destroyed you. Just like that. And you have to wonder, what fools we are. What fools we are. Today I was speaking on the phone to somebody. And someone's name came up. And the instant that person's name came up, you know what the person started to do? Make vile, foul comments. You know what I did? I kept the phone down. Because I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy and my peace and my state of well-being. <clears throat> so how do you do that? What do you do when these emotions start to rise? You don't try to push them back because then they will only settle that. You take those emotions and you give them to Jesus and say, Lord, I don't really want this. I know I'm angry. I know I'm upset. I know this person is still driving me crazy even though it's been years since I've even spoken to the person. You please handle it for me. You know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to say, come here. And then, you know what he's going to do? Stand up. Come. It's all right. Is your wife troubling you? Not at all. Not at all, okay. I picked the wrong guy, but that's it. And when he's holding you, thanks. When he's holding you and when he's comforting you, 
then you feel all those nasty, negative, dirty emotions that are sucking away your happiness go away. And in a few minutes, you're all right. Will you do that? Okay, A. Can anybody tell me what the A in the rags is for? Anger? Okay, you're close. Actually, anger is very similar to resentment. What? Action. What action? Superman action. Anxiety. Every three weeks, somebody comes here and tells you not to worry. And if they don't come here and tell you not to worry, I come here and tell you not to worry. And then I hit you on the head with all these things and you can't help but worry, right? But I want you to think again about worrying. I had two people I know very closely um, this week. Both were hit by storms like they never imagined they would face. I'm not going to tell you what's happening to them because you will identify them. But enough to say that these storms are enough to capsize their boat. Now, both these people are not just believers. These are leaders in ministry. These are people who have been preaching and proclaiming the word of God. And they are shaken so badly, they think they're going to sink. I look at you and I wonder how many of you are sinking at this moment in time. You're told not to worry, right? But yet you worry. And let me tell you how you can instantly recognizing that you're worrying. What do you do when you go to God and pray? Those prayers will define how much of an anxious person you are. Because I'll tell you the truth. When we go to prayer, most of us are there on our knees going and, God, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Oh Lord, please do this, please do this, please do this. And what is that a sign of? It is not a sign of faith. It is a sign of a lack of faith because you don't believe that that God is powerful enough to save you. You've got to beseech and beseech and beseech. And which is why Jesus said, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans for they think they will be heard because of the many words they say. Do not be like them because your father already knows what you need. What do you do when you go to prayer is thank God for fixing that problem you think you have because that is what is faith. Yes, there's a storm. Your boat is rocking. I know there's a boat rocking over here in Dubai especially. All kinds of things are happening, are they not? People are losing their jobs. The pressure is making marriages come apart. Man, all kinds of things. You don't need me to tell you. You know it. What do you do? Be still. Remember that story about Jesus and the boat? There was a storm blowing. He was fast asleep. It might seem that Jesus is fast asleep in your lives. But even if he's fast asleep, he is in your boat. Remember that and be calm. What do you do at a time like this? You just say, Lord, I believe in you. It's not to say you don't do what you need to do. You do what you have to do. I mean, you have to go and look for a job if you don't have a job. But after you've tried everything, stop jumping about like a jackass. Why are you laughing? All of you should laugh though, because that is exactly what you do. Boopty, boopty, boopty. Nothing happens. You're all in the same place. That's all the motion you're making. 
At least if you jump, jump forward. No, so you'll go somewhere. I'm reminded of the story of um, um, uh, the Egyptians. No, not the Egyptians, the Israelites. You remember Pharaoh chased them, right? And they went running, 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 and then finally they came to this river. Can you imagine? Now you're them, okay. Divided place. River on one side, Pharaoh's army on another side. What do they do? They start to panic. What does Moses tell them to do? Be still. Now they're saying, what still? How can we be still? And if I was Moses, I'd have taken my stick and hit them on the head. I don't have a stick. Aren't you glad I don't? Where are you going to go? That side? Go and jump. Let's see how far you can swim. This side? Let's see how far you can go before someone lops your head off. What are you going to do? You tell me what you're going to do. Which side are you going to go? Stand still. There's nothing you can do. Stand still and believe. Your God can save you. And you know what God did? He actually, I mean, there was no way out of this. There was no way out of this. He parted an entire sea and let the person go to freedom. If they'd panicked, they'd have either drowned or been killed because they stood still. Now, don't even imagine for a moment they weren't anxious, okay? They can see these soldiers appearing and their hearts are going, right? But fortunately, they kind of said, heart, behave. I'm not going to move. And then God worked. And that is what you need to remember when you get anxious. Now, let's get to the G in rags. Can anybody tell me what that is for? Very good. How did you guess? When we think of greed, when we think of greed, we usually think of money, don't we? But greed is actually being greedy for anything, yeah? It's, we spoke a lot about how the desires that God has given us are good material desires, physical desires. But when we are greedy for these things that God gives us, then we end up in a lot of trouble. We end up accumulating things. We end up hoarding things. We end up fighting over things that we have. I had a couple who came to see me six months ago. I will never forget them. They stayed with me for one hour, okay? And I didn't get a chance to open my mouth till minute number 60. You know, and they went on talking. You know what they were talking about? Money. Well, he's taking my money. And she said, no, he's taking my money. And I went, whatever happened to our money? But never mind that. At the end of the session, you know, this is the time when they kind of let me open my mouth. They said, so brother, what should we do? So I said, I think you should get divorced. And they went, what? Yeah, I, I can't see anything working for you guys. And that shocked them into silence long enough for me to tell them what they needed to do. But greed is, is very bad. And we are greedy for a whole lot of things. And unfortunately, this greed saps the energy and takes us down. You know, I travel. I've stopped traveling this year because I want to be with you. Aren't you glad? Um, are you sure? Okay. But last year, I was traveling a lot. And I might have mentioned this to you before, but I, have, I went for a couple of months, one month to the States and one month somewhere else. And all I had was one bag. And I lived out of that bag for a month. And other than what was in that bag, all I needed was a bed and a bath and maybe someone to give me some food. So when I came back home from one of these visits, I said, what do I need so much for? 
A little studio apartment is all that you require, isn't it? But then you look at how you keep getting and getting and getting and justifying what you accumulate when there's a whole world out there that is starving sometimes to death for lack of food. And what does this greed do? It saps our energy because it's never enough. You tell me. You had a good job, right? And then you got an increment, right? And that increment should have been make, made you happy. But then what happened? You wanted a little more increment after that and more increment after that. And like I said last, the last time I was here, success is not a bad thing. It is good to be successful. But learn to be content with what you have and then you'll be happy with everything else that comes over that. And the devil cannot steal it away. You know how the devil steals it away? You just got yourself a nice little Honda Civic. You know what your neighbor got herself? And what happens? A Porsche, very good. So now what do you want? A Lamborghini. That's the way it is, that's the way it is. And again, what happens? The devil steals away your happiness. Now let's get to the last one because I have a feeling we're gonna run out of time today. And what's the last one? S. You're not gonna get it, so I'm gonna tell you. Superiority, okay? Now you might wonder how superiority is a rag, but most of us, let's face it, okay? Actually, I'm saying it to your faces. Most of us think no end of ourselves. Even the simplest guy among us thinks no end of himself, except for Christopher there. Christopher, hi. <laughs> and that's your sister, right? Hi, Christina? Okay. Why didn't you go with the kids? No, I'm happy you're here. Stay there. <clears throat> we think no end of ourselves, especially those of us who are kind of in positions of spirituality. You know, I look at preachers and my goodness me, they got airs like you will not believe, like I am the one. And if you think preachers are bad, see worship leaders, my God. Everyone thinks they are better than the other one. And it happens not only in spiritual life, it happens in the workplace as well. And we all think we're better than each other. And let me give you a simple example, you know. Has anyone in your office ever come and scolded you about one little thing? And what's the first thing that happens? Who does he think he is? I know more than that person does. I am cleverer than that person. I am, no? Tell me it's not true. Yeah, we're all the best. Unfortunately, we're not. There was a guy called Saul. Did you know him? He was a king, first king of Israel. Very shy guy, very humble guy. You know, this prophet went to search for the first king of Israel. And you know where he was? He was hiding in the luggage. So this, this prophet called him out and said, come, God wants you to become king. And he says, me? And the prophet said, yes, you. And he anointed him and made him king. And very soon, you know what this little shy, humble fellow started thinking? He started thinking no end of himself. And he realized, he said, rules are not for me. I don't need to listen to anybody. And he started to do whatever he wanted to do. Bad idea. You know why? Whatever God gives, God can take away. And he just took away from Saul whatever he had given and gave it to another man called David. He's another specimen. We're going to get to him in a minute. Now we're all like that. We're all specimens, aren't we? I'm a good preacher. Say yes. I'm a great preacher, say yes. 
Now you might think I'm blowing my own trumpet. No, I'm just trying, actually I am. But I'm trying to make a point here. And the point is this. What has made me a great preacher? Tell me. The fact that I'm so charming. The fact that I speak so well. God has given me whatever I have and he has made me whatever I am. And if he has done this to me, he can take it away. And if he's given me something, he can take that away as well. And there's one way to absolutely make sure that we're humble in whatever we do, it is to remember that. Sometimes we think we're holier than the person down the road. But it's not only people like that. There are people in our midst to start to think we're holier than other people. Now assume that you are, okay? Assume that you're able to go to church every morning. Assume that you're able to do all the things that God asks you to do. Assume you're able to do all these things. How are you able to do it? Tell me. By the grace of God and by that grace alone. And if somebody's not able to do that, it's simply maybe that person doesn't have what he needs to have. Are you listening to me? So no superiority. Because the problem with being superior, the problem with being better than someone else is this. No matter how good you are, there'll always be somebody better than you. So I'm a great preacher, yes. There's something as accepting what you are, but everyone I believe is a great preacher. Because the same spirit that burns within me is the same spirit that burns within you. And if you stand up here one day and you start to talk, I am telling you, you'll be great as well. Say amen. amen. So these are the four ways in which the devil steals and destroys and kills. Can we repeat John 10.10? 10? You're going to say to me now. The thief comes... Wonderful. Can you do it for everybody? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give life and life in abundance. Clap, yeah. Can you imagine if I'd picked you and you didn't know the answer? That is why it's good to pay attention when I'm preaching. Now we come to riches. R4, you're not going to get this. I bet you you're not going to get it. R4, repentance. Now you might wonder, how is repentance riches, okay? Repentance is riches because repentance is not this bad thing that people sometimes make it out to be. Repentance is the most wonderful thing that can happen to us. And I want you to know how beautiful it is. Because the moment you start returning to God in repentance... Everything that God has to give you is given to you. What an amazing thing that is. When I travel, I was uh, on one of my missions and I was staying with this guy who had a dog. <clears throat> I, I don't like dogs. If you're a dog lover, forgive me. Any of you dog lovers here? Apologies in advance. Who's that? You? <clears throat> I'm not going to say nasty things about dogs, but I don't like them. And this dog was particularly obnoxious because it would keep prancing and bouncing and coming and sniffing you. You know why they sniff you and it, it's always very awkward. And... A restless guy, you know, and 
I used to kind of stay to my room as far as possible because the dog would come and bounce on me whenever I would kind of step out. One day I walked into the house and the dog was nowhere to be seen. And I said, wow, they've sold him. And I was really happy till I found out that, forgive me, till I found out that a few minutes ago the dog had kind of knocked over a vase and broken it. Nobody told the dog anything. The dog knew that it had done something it shouldn't do, so it was kind of hiding in some corner. Just like us. Remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? They sinned, what did they do? Went and hid. You, what do you do when you sin? I'll tell you that you do the same thing, even today. You go and hide. Now here is the beauty. Just like in this house that I lived in, the owner went to the dog finally, patted the dog and said, don't worry, it's okay, and kind of cuddled the dog. The next moment there, the dog was woof, 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 bouncing all over the place and sniffing all the wrong places again. Yeah. But that's the way it is. And that's the way it is with us too. That we only have to realize that God is there. Remember in Eden, it was God who went looking for Adam and Eve. And when he found them, you know, all he wanted to do was to say, come back, I'm going to make it all right. And that's what he wants to do with you here today. I know many of you have not been able to pray. I know many of you have kind of stayed away from God for the longest time. You're here for the meeting because God wanted you to be here and listen to these words and what God is saying. And this is the comfort that Sister Sharon was talking about earlier, the comfort that God wants to give you that you're forgiven. But in order to be forgiven, you need to really understand what repentance is. When most of us mess up, you know what we think? My God, what if somebody finds out? That is our fear. And when we get caught, that's the only thing we can think about is how to cover ourselves up. There was a wonderful guy, and here we come to this other specimen, David. You know David? Right. You know what David did? He slept with someone else's wife. He had hundreds of concubines and hundreds of wives. They weren't enough for him. He went and slept with another woman's, another man's wife, right? After he did that, he killed her husband. Now, let's not go into all of that, right? He spent weeks and months, this guy, living life as though nothing had happened. I want you to think about this. He spent a long time acting like as if nothing had happened. Until one day, God told the prophet Nathan, now you might have heard the story, but listen to it again. And Nathan went to the king and he told him a story. He said there were two men. One was a very rich guy and he had a lot of sheep and the other guy was a poor guy and he had only one sheep. One little lamb that he kind of looked after like his own child. One day the rich man had a visitor. He'd come over for dinner. What this rich man did was instead of take one of his thousand sheep, he went to the one lamb that the poor man had, took it, cut it and served it. And David went, what kind of a guy is this? He should be punished. And Nathan told the king, you're right. But you know who this guy is? It's you. And now listen to this. Repentance is when you understand, oh my God, I am the one who is at fault. It is me who is committing adultery. It is me who is cheating someone. It is me who is stealing. It is me who is doing this. It is me who is doing that. Only when that, that comes to it, it being me, 
that you actually start to change because you realize, hey, maybe you're not all that good after all. And that's when you kind of go to God. And what happens along the way? There's trouble. They kind of, there's the things that happen in your way and that is like, you know, imagine when your car, you're driving on the road and your car starts to kind of splutter. Yeah, what is that a sign of? Something's wrong with the car. You know what some people do? They stop the car, get out and start kicking it. Have you ever done that? No, thank God. Maybe you've done this, okay? Your computer in the office is not working. Thump, thump, thump. Have you done that? I bet you anything, you have kind of vending machines, okay? You've kind of put, put a dirham there. Coke's not come. All right, let's kick the thing and let's make it work. Whenever our life starts to splutter, whenever we start to go through stuff in our life, it is basically a sign that there is something wrong. And just like you would take a car to a garage and say, mechanic, fix my car. Here you go to God and say, God, something is wrong. Fix it. And God, fix it. And you have riches. The R in riches. Repentance. So all those of you who have been waiting to go for a confession for the longest time because you don't want to go to see to this priest, please, it doesn't matter, honestly. Just that, just that what mortification will kind of be a blessing for you from God. To be able to go to that priest who probably might yell at you. I, 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 never mind. Take it, okay? Take it. Just take whatever happens to you. But make that confession and try to make it at the earliest. When you do that, don't answer. Next, I. What is I? I for identity. But before that, I need a hallelujah. Can you please stand up? Are you good to do this? My style. My way. Not the my way. No. No. Hallelujah. So Jesus Lord, I want to be rich in you and I've understood resentment, anxiety, greed and superiority are tools the devil uses to steal my life away from me. But I've come to understand the repentance brings this life back. Now as I continue to listen, help me truly, Lord, to understand how to live a rich life in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I for identity. Say I for identity. Who are you? Huh? What? You're God's children. What does that mean? Tell me what that means. I'll tell you what it means, all right? When we sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, okay? They, they were thrown out of Eden. And when they were in Eden with God, they had significance. Say significance. Security. Security. And safety. 
They were significant because they were important people. They were masters of creation with God. They were secure because God said, I will look after all your needs. And they were safe because in Eden, God said, I will protect you. And then they were cast out into the world. We were cast out into the world. But all of us seek significance. We all of us want to be important. Let's not even pretend. So how do we become important? We go after power. We go after money. We go after fame. And as we all understand, these are fleeting. We want security, so we go after relationships. We'll go chasing after this one's woman, uh, this one's wife, and we go chasing after that one's husband, hoping to get relationships, more and more of them. And the more of them we have, the more secure we're going to be, we think. And then, of course, we want to feel safe. So we kind of amass this huge bank balance, right, thinking we're going to have safety in that. But as we all know, all these are very fickle. You never know when the storm might hit and all of these will go to rust. But here is the beautiful thing. You're right when you said you're a child of God. Now you have a sense of identity that you are a child of the Father. You're a brother to Jesus. You're a friend of the Holy Spirit. Identity. Your sense of belonging. Your sense of acceptance. Then he says, go make disciples of all nations. You're the light of the world. And you start to realize there's a purpose for your life. And you don't need to go chasing after this and chasing after that. It's all there with what God wants you to have. And then he says, you're safe. You're safe with me. I've given you my Holy Spirit. And he's going to be with you until the day I come back. And that's all we really need to remember. Is that now we have our sense of identity. And we don't need to go chasing after the things of this world. We have it in God. Why am I so unshakable? You have to ask yourself that question sometimes. I brag not because I want you to think that I'm someone special. But because I want you to know this is what happens when you're in God. You get your confidence from there. You get your power from there. You get the words that you need to say from there. You get every blessing that you want from there. And these are what God wants you to have. And he wants you to have them tonight. And that comes from your identity. I for identity. Say I for identity. R for repentance. I for identity. C. C for change. Say C for change. You need to examine your lives every two weeks. Or maybe not every two weeks at least every two months, and see, have you really changed? You come for my meeting. Some of you have been coming for years. Thank you for coming. I'm really grateful. But if you're not changing, then stop coming because you're wasting your time. Stay at home and watch The Walking Dead. At least you'll have some fun looking at those zombies, and maybe they will change you. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. When you come here, you got to come with this desire. I want to be different. And you've got to be able to look at yourself two months from now and say, have I really grown since that time? Because change is, change is good. You know, you look at the butterfly, right? We're all supposed to be butterflies. But if we still act like caterpillars, this is not good. Like I said in the beginning, if you're still being fed milk when you should be eating solid food, that's not it. So that is one thing that we need to understand that brings us into the abundant life that Christ said. To walk in his path, to become like him. And the more you're like him, the more you will live, the more you will grow, the more peace you will have, and the happier you will be. Amen. H, H for hope. I'm going to go fast because I have only five minutes to so try to stay awake. H for hope. What is the hope? The hope is that after this life, there is another life. Whatever sorrow you go through now, whatever pain you go through now, whatever tears roll down your cheeks, Jesus says, at the end, there is going to be none of this anymore. Keep that hope in mind. And some of us are willing to sell that hope. 
Have you heard of two guys called Jacob and Esau? Please say you have. Jacob was the younger guy, okay? And, and um, one day his brother had gone uh, hunting or he went doing whatever he was doing. And when he came back, he found Jacob uh, cooking this amazing stew. Now Esau was the older brother. And as the older brother, he had the inheritance. You know, he was given all, entitled to the first privileges and everything. He saw this, this uh, Esau cooking this bowl of stew and, and he smelt it, you know, and uh, food. How many of you feel about food like that? I got to have it. I got to have it. Where's Janet? <laughs> Never mind. Uh. <coughs> all right, she's good. She's... <laughs> oh, that was, that was job. Right. Don't mind. She doesn't mind. Okay, that's why we can kind of make fun of people like this, even on video. Oh, <coughs> I'm me. Okay. So anyway, Esau smelled this food and he said, please give me a bowl. And Jacob, Chalu guy, one, one, one. You know what Chalu means, right? Cunning guy. He said, here's an opportunity. Okay. So he said, definitely, I'll give you this bowl of porridge. He takes it to Esau's nose and kind of waves it around. And Esau starts to drool. You know what happens when you get food? Some of you are already drooling just by my describing it, Janet. Okay. <laughs> and then just as he's about to take the bowl from him, he pulls it back. Okay, but this is going to cost you something. He says, what? It's going to cost you inheritance. And you know what he does? Like an idiot. Don't you think so? He says, you can have my inheritance. What am I going to do with it? I'm hungry, dying, starving to death. And in one small thing, he kind of... Gave up his entire inheritance for one bowl of soup. Now, how many of you think he's an idiot? Raise your hands. <laughs> you, you, you know what's coming. <coughs> Forget about idiot. Huh? Stoop. I have to do it. Go on. Stupid. How many of you think he was stupid? Raise your hands. <coughs> Cowards. I, you, you should watch last week's video, by the way, the last time I was here. I think that's why. That's what you remember. Never mind. I'm not going to tell you what happened. We do the same thing, you know. It's like this. It's, it's my brother is, is, is this. That's, that's your wife, right? She's looking very nervous. Do you see that pretty girl there? Beautiful, isn't she? Now, all the girls that are wondering which one I'm talking about. <coughs> and he's got to look. <laughs> he says, I might look now. I don't know what's going to happen to me when I go home. <laughs> right? But see, this is what the devil does. He'll come. What did he say? Beautiful, isn't she? And, oh, yeah. So... Jesus says, love your neighbor, so why don't you go and love her? And you don't have to live with her. You have your wife come back to her afterwards. One night, what is it going to hurt? No. Isn't that what he does? What are you doing? One bowl of porridge for your inheritance for eternal life. And here's another example. I use comedy sometimes to, to make you realize how close to home these truths are. 
And you realize how easily we let it all go, which brings me to etch. Etches for hope. Say etch for hope. That after this life, miserable life, miserable existence on this earth, which we choose to make miserable when it doesn't need to be, there is another life and we have the hope of salvation. And that is what we need to keep in mind, that this inheritance is for eternity. So the next time someone comes and says, bowl of porridge, smell, 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 pretty girl, smell, 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 what are you going to say? Thank you very much. But I got my pretty girl right next to me. Say? I've got my pretty girl next to me. <laughs> Give him a hug now. <laughs> e, E for excellence. Say E for excellence. And I'm going to devote an entire talk to this next time. Okay, so you're going to listen to 45 minutes about excellence. Because I want us to be successful, not only spiritually, I want us to be successful in the world. And I gave this talk about eight years back, but it's a talk worth giving again. So um, come the next time I'm here with you, I will talk to you about how you can be excellent in everything that you do. And how you'll be, be blessed because of that excellence that's in your life, in your work, in your relationships. And hopefully uh, that will be a tremendous talk. So we'll come to the last one, which is S. And S is for salvation. Say S for salvation. Now last year, now is when I need to poke you a little bit, okay? Last year I spent most of the year talking to you about all the things that God has secured for us when he moved us from the world into heaven. You remember? I taught this to you in a way that was so simple, even a child could understand it. I told you to say a whole set of things, and I made you repeat it over and over again until you memorized it. I also said, every morning when you wake up, stand in front of Jesus and declare these things because they are who you are. They are the truth of what you believe in. This is the summation of the faith we are required to have. And I asked you if you'll say this every day, and all of you said yes. And I'm not going to embarrass you because I know if I ask you how many of you do this, I'll be lucky if I have one or two hands going up. But I'm totally convinced, <clears throat> I'm totally convinced that if you just make these declarations every morning, which is what Jesus did through salvation. Your outlook will change, your insides will change, your, your life will change, your attitude will change, and everything about you will change, and you will really start to live in abundance. So I'm going to make you repeat this one more time. Are you ready? I am redeemed. I am saved. I am restored. I am forgiven. I am cleansed. I am washed, I am pure, I am holy, I am blessed, I am healed, in soul, in spirit, in heart, in mind, in body, I am free, I am strong, I am totally victorious, I am a child of my father, I am a brother of my savior. And I'm a friend of my counselor, the Holy Spirit. Please, just try it. Two weeks.
wake up every morning and declare these words. We also have a song for it. And we're going to sing that song now. So we just play the song. And uh, most of you know I'm launching a CD. That's not to try to sell the CD, I promise you. But this is to let you know that you can take that CD, just play that song in the morning, and within two weeks, you will start to believe what you're actually singing or listening to, and you will see the difference it makes in your life. And if it doesn't, you come with that CD, I'll give you 10 times what you paid for it. Promise. But I'm trying to tell you that when you are taught things over here, don't let it kind of disappear the moment you walk out this door. What a waste of time. Once again, sit at home and watch Suits or, or what are the rubbish is showing? Gotham or, you know, and you, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Don't waste your time here because you are wasting your time here. You come here and you start to feel good. Okay, I listened to the word of God. I praised and worshiped him for a little while and I feel very good. But there's no point to it. I really want you to grow. It brings me so much of joy and so much of satisfaction to, to watch you bloom like flowers, become like trees. Like Jesus says, you'll have these branches that the birds in the air will come to nest in and people will come and take shelter under the branches. And that's what I want to see in you, all of you. So we're going to sing this song and take it to heart, the things that I say to you here today. Stand up. <clears throat> Father God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this evening. I want to thank you that you've shown us, Lord, how to move from rags to riches. Every one of us wants to live a rich life, an abundant life. And Lord, as we sing this song, help us to understand you've already done it all. That it's not something we need to put effort in. That it's not something we need to exert energy to do. But just need to follow along with you and to believe that you've done all these things. So let your spirit, I know your spirit is here. Let your spirit move and let these words truly take life in our heart. And and let us really grow to become huge trees with wonderful branches. Let's sing. I'm redeemed. Spirit 
coverage. We hope it has blessed you. For more great content, visit our website www.hsiweb.org and kindly consider supporting the work we do. God bless you.